The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We told you about it yesterday. It was breaking news. Uh, the news that embattled We Charity is closing its Canadian operations. It is blaming COVID-19 and the political fallout from the Liberal government's plan to have it run a multi-million dollar student volunteer program for leaving it in financial ruin. Craig and Mark Kielberger, who are also planning to step down from the organization they co-founded, were set to release an open letter explaining the move. They did go on CTV last night talking about it. Well, with more on this, we are joined by Jonathan Goldsby, who is the news editor at Canada Land. Canada Land is a news site and podcast which has been investigating We Charity for a very long time now and broke this story yesterday. Jonathan, hold on just a second. Um, welcome to welcome to the show, Jonathan. I'm here. I can hear you. I haven't moved at all. <laughs> okay, a minute ago. No, it's okay. It's uh, it's it was on my end. Uh, the buttons are pushed. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> the buttons are pushed in the wrong spot. Ah, That's all, okay. Jonathan. <laughs> well, okay. You know what? Let's start with this. Can you can yeah. you know? As I said, Canada Land has been has mm-hmm. been focused on this for a very long time. Has been doing mm-hmm. a lot of great reporting on it. Uh, uh, Jesse Brown, uh, you know, from your your your, um, your leader there. Uh, and I know yesterday you had uh, written the story as well. Can you give us an idea? How the hell did we get here? How did we get to this point? Well, I mean, we could start looking at a story from two and a half months ago from when the federal government gave the organization a sole source contract to administer a large public program. It could go back a couple years for when Canada Land started writing about and investigating we, or we could go back to the mid-1990s when Craig and Mark Kielberger and their friends and with the help of their parents founded uh, this small, or what it started obviously, it started as a very small organization run out of their house and gradually grew it over the course of two and a half decades into Canada's most high-profile, possibly the largest, but certainly the most high-profile, prominent visible children's charity and international development charity, an organization that regularly would tour Canada and the U.S. and even other countries to arenas and speak to tens of thousands, have celebrities address tens of thousands of children at a time to speak to their own, I guess, their own sense of empowerment and self-esteem. And oftentimes when you go, sort of like when... I mean, one way of looking at it is that, you know, Craig Hilberger was 12 or 13 when he started. His mm-hmm. brother wasn't that much older. And, you know, as you see with a lot of people or, you know, that became maybe famous at a younger age, sort of like not him in particular, but with the organization, things people, you know, often have a hard, or people who are child celebrities, for example, yeah. uh, often have a difficulty transitioning into uh, maybe a longer term <laughs> career. Uh, and... Maybe the way that they grow and the way that they evolve as a person or organization uh, isn't always the way that something uh, would evolve or would have been set up if they had begun the career or begun something at a later stage. Jonathan, I want to go back okay. then a, a couple of years back when Canada sure. Land started investigating We Charity. What was it at that point that that had uh, Canada Land start taking a closer look mm-hmm. at it and what it was doing? Yeah, no, that's a very good question. It's something that uh, our publisher, Jesse Brown, had been fascinated by for a long time. We Charity, previously known as Free the Children, this large 
institution with tremendous access to school children, both in terms of their Wee Day events and in schools themselves, what what was their deal? What how does it work? And why do there not seem to why did there not seem to be much, if any, critical reporting or conversations about them? out in the open at all uh, is that plus the fact that over the years if you certainly if you live in Toronto or if you work in the nonprofit sector or international development or if you just know people uh, you know you, you over the time you just hear things here and there that suggest mm-hmm. okay maybe there's something worth looking into in one aspect or another of this very large prominent organization and for a variety of reasons that we can only guess at uh, that, for some, that had not yet happened. Um, hmm. The organization had been partnered with various media organizations at different points. We don't know for sure if that made certain places, certain entities less likely to scrutinize them. But uh, certainly through a variety of means, they've done a very, very good job, uh, a very thorough job of managing their image in the public sphere. And we wanted to sort of start to look into, is there like, sort of like any time... Jesse would mention them on an episode of our podcast. Yeah, lots of people would get in touch with, with mm-hmm. all kinds of tips about different, but their experiences at the organization, their experiences working with them, and just things that they that they felt by and large for employees felt that deserved to be looked into and written about. And Jonathan, not just people uh, calling in. Mm-hmm. I understand that lawyers got involved too from We Charity, um, uh, yeah. ruffling some feathers along the way. Absolutely. I mean that's. Part of, I guess, what I, you know, could, you know, charitably term their thorough management of their image over the years. Mm. Uh, a variety of tactics, some of which are fairly creative, some of which are unusual or even un, pretty much unheard of in the charitable sector. But certainly, they were very aggressive with uh, their legal threats against us. Mm. I mean, they've also said that even refer, just implying the litigious is itself defamatory. But yes, no, they they. Uh, took a range of tactics, including hiring at different points lawyers from six different firms to uh, go out to pursue us, to, I would argue, intimidate us. They intended to announce they intended to sue us in the province of Manitoba. So Kansaland and We Charity are both based in downtown Toronto. They wanted to sue us in Manitoba. They argued because, well, one of our stories was published prior to a Manitoba event, and that's where they <laughs> suffered the most damage. Our opinion, our view, was that they wanted to sue us there because, unlike Ontario or Quebec or British Columbia, Manitoba doesn't have uh, what are called anti-slap laws, which is mm. say laws that make it a little more difficult for media organizations to be, or media organizations and others to be sued by large entities that may just be trying to suppress commentary or or uh discourage reporting jonathan Goldsby. so uh that was quite a thing for yeah. almost a whole year um wow. until we basically we finished our we published our last stories in the spring late spring of 2019 we basically said okay that's it we're not going to be doing anymore and then all the intimate all the various things we were hearing from them all the weird things that were popping up online about candleland all suddenly ended and Uh. I would have been happy to never have to write to write about or do anything with them again but then as we know you know 
things re- things <laughs> resurfaced. They resurfaced in the news uh, this past June. Yeah, uh, Jonathan uh, Goldsby is the news editor with Canada Land, and again have been working on uh, stories about uh, We Charity for years. Broke the story yesterday mm-hmm. that uh, We Charity is closing its Canadian operations. Now you know that uh, uh, the brothers did uh, an interview. I think it was mm-hmm. CTV, CTV yesterday yeah. in, in a Craig Kilberger saying that he and his brother were quote very naive in getting involved in what he described as quote unfortunate political freight train that ultimately mm-hmm. led to Wednesday's closure announcement. Do you believe that the Kielbergers were very naive and got caught up in an unfortunate political freight train? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's plausible that they were naive and I think that's definitely perhaps one component of a larger picture. Uh, certainly what they said in their interview last night is not the easiest to reconcile necessarily with what, for example, one of their executive director of their for-profit arm told McLean's magazine in an interview that was, I don't know, done recently, but just published yesterday, or reconciling that with the larger facts of the situation, or the fact that they have, you know, multiple entities, and it's very possible that, say, the business was doing badly, but the charity was doing okay. In the interview last night uh, with CTV Lisa LaFlam, uh, they were pretty emphatic that after COVID hit and they laid off all these people, the charity itself was in good shape. Mm. I don't know. I mean, we, 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 it's hard to say. We'll hopefully be able to see their financial statements for the year at a later date. Um, at the same time, their executive director of Nita Wee, which was the for-profit side of the company, had told McLean that they were pretty much done. Uh, that it wasn't the political scandal, it was in fact COVID that had wiped them mm. out, which makes sense since the company is mostly about selling trips around the world. And it's difficult to reconcile all of these things, especially given that, I mean, would they have gotten the Canada, Serv- Canada Service Student Service Grant wouldn't have existed if it were not for COVID? Would they have needed it or wanted to do it if it were not for COVID? It's, it's tough to say. Certainly people, opposition party members have suggested that it was if not a bailout for the organization, then maybe perhaps something like bridge funding to help them get through what was undoubtedly a difficult time that they had to lay off many, many people. And so what I think happened is, I mean, COVID undoubtedly, I mean, and when, you're, when your organization is based around arena spectaculars and trips around the world, obviously COVID is going to shut much of that down. It's going to you know, keep you out of school. It's going to keep you from piling people into arenas and keep you from doing most of the things that are normally involved in fundraising. But what I think happened was that after they suddenly come, came into the public eye in a way that I, they probably didn't expect as a result of this contract, a lot of the things that had been, a lot of the questions that had been building up for a long time, hmm. for over 20 years, suddenly all came out at once or all came out in quick succession. And all of these things, all of these all, all these criticisms, many of them very valid criticisms or very valid questions, many of which were from people who work there or worked there, um, that they things that they had gone things that the organization had gone to lengths or gone to efforts to counter uh, or keep out of the public eye over the years, all of that suddenly burst out at once. Huh. And when there were so many questions about so many different aspects of the organization's operations, not to mention its relationships with government and how it obtained this contract, that was a lot for, certainly a lot for any organization to take all at once, especially because, once again, this is, is it arguably been decades of things accumulating, uh, 
they had been all bottled up, and suddenly it all came out, and they had a lot of things that people were, the media, that yeah. the public, the sponsors, the educational partners, the politicians were demanding answers for, and they sometimes were forthcoming with answers and sometimes less so. We know the Prime Minister, of course, being investigated by the Ethics Commissioner for that uh, possible mm-hmm. breach of conflict of interest rules around the WE contract. We know what's happened to the Finance Minister uh, as well and more news from him coming up uh, later today. When when you, I guess uh, my next question to you would be is, you know, what what more do you and, 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 and Canada land and, and do you think Canadians need to know or want to find out about this? And, and and my other question on that front is, is is there another, do we expect more shoes to drop? And what do you think that will be? Is this, you know, how bad, bad news for the prime minister and the liberal government? It's hard to say about what's going to happen with the prime minister and the liberal government. I mean, certainly, as we know, very large portions of those thousands of pages that were released were redacted, mm-hmm. seemingly uh, pre before their submission to the committee, uh, not by the not, not redacted by I guess the lawyers or whomever was supposed to review it, and so there's undoubtedly more things that will come out in that regard. How damaging that may or may not be, uh, I don't know. Whether there's more stuff about We Charity, I mean, it, I think the question is more like, yeah, I think it's a very good question. Are there more shoes to drop, mm-hmm. or maybe will those shoes drop? Mm-hmm. I and mean, now that the organization is appears to be defunct, uh, at least in large part, yeah. though we don't still don't know exactly because once again they have a very large and elaborate network of entities. It's not clear. Maybe they don't even know yet exactly how they're going what form the wind down will take. Uh but yes, there, there's definitely more stuff out there that could be investigated that we are looking into and that we do intend to report at, you know, at the point where that's ready. I mean certainly a lot of the work that we charity has done uh, over the years has, of course, been around the world. That mm-hmm. is where much of their, most of their core work has been done in countries such as Kenya and uh, and India and places like that. And partly because of the limitations of Canadian media that you know we do not the only one. I think there's only one full-time Africa correspondent in Canadian media. And the fact that you know most of the time when people have looked at their projects abroad, it's been you know, on tours directly facilitated by yeah. the organization. There haven't been a lot of opportunities to, you know, put serious scrutiny on what has gone on in these different projects, and is that or how them how that how might that be different from, I guess, what what people back home would expect is being done. Yeah, and so that's really a big. Uh, that's still a, that means an avenue invest investigation, especially if, as they've indicated, they continue to keep their operation some of their operations abroad going. All right. Uh, well, we'll continue to watch uh, for sure right here on 630. Chad, Jonathan Goldsby, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Oh, I appreciate so your time. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, take care. Jonathan Goldsby, who is the uh, news editor at uh, Canada Land. And again, they broke the story yesterday about the We Charity uh, shutting down their Canadian operations. So, yeah, some interesting stuff. Uh, you know, uh, Pierre Polyev, if you were listening to any of the that, that finance committee um Meeting uh, those hearings that were held. What was it about a month ago now? When the when the prime minister testified, the finance minister testified, um, and uh, you'll remember Mr. Polyev being very uh, aggressive. He was like a dog on a bone when it came to uh, trying to find out uh, answers and, and you know the connections between the Trudeau family and uh, and We Charity. Today he tweeted, you know, you can run but you can't hide. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens next.